sea salt and vinegar. See, that's the that's two of the main ingredients in ketchup, by the way. Like you have tomatoes, vinegar, salt. So really it's the same experience, you're just adding tomatoes in for color. And to kind of cut the flavor a little bit. Nope. That's no, the no. only thing the tomatoes are <laughs> in there the for color. is for color. It's just because people would be uncomfortable buying a bottle of viscous vinegar and salt. Just like a clear dipping sauce. It's like corn syrup. It's salt and vinegar. Make my candy out of this. Gross. Some some hard candy. Sea oh. salt and vinegar hard. No. It just burns your mouth like the chips do. Dude, yeah. I yeah, I could it, it, I could not get behind that. It physically changes like the topography of my mouth. Like it, yes. it doesn't only yes. hurt, but it like it like literally tears my mouth. <laughs> but it's worth it. Welcome to uh, the Q4 Food Podcast, where <laughs> we discuss our favorite foods. We're slowly transitioning to just becoming an all-food podcast. This quarantine will, at the end, we'll be thinking sports who. But we're slowly, slowly transforming just into a podcast where we sit down for an hour and a half and say whatever <laughs> happens to come to our minds, yeah, really. That's true. I mean, that's no different than what we were doing before quarantine. <laughs> and it was mild. It was Fair. sports adjacent before. Now it's like... <laughs> uh, true. Hey, today's episode will be sports, Jason. There are things I want to talk about. Two I've, things specifically. I've got two things I would also like to talk about. I have a, at some point. That's four. I have a thing. Anthony, I have, have a thing. I have one thing. Five. That's five. Q five. The Q five <laughs> podcast today. No, I, I think we've done this before. It's Q four, and then you have the OT. It's overtime. Oh, yeah. uh, that's true. Because okay, just logically speaking, you can't have five quarters. A quarter is inherently four. <laughs> <laughs> that is. That's a great point. <laughs> it's the the Q five Penta five podcast. Penta Penta five the five the five, five podcast five. the fifty. Okay, I'm done. The the the, the Penta <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. So, what if there was a sport that was divided into five? Well, there's kind of the arbitrary. Well, yeah, like the arbitrary nine of baseball. The That's eighteen true. of golf. Like, why not make it twenty? Why not just put one more yeah, hole buddy, on each on each side? Gotta ask the Scots about yeah. that one. Those Scots, man. I tell you. Hey, they gave us a great sport. They also gave us a great movie. Braveheart. Even though they didn't they didn't do it, but it was about that. <laughs> <laughs> the only podcast where you can hear us and my mellow voice in the mornings on Saturdays. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, sir. How are we today? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that mellow voice. That's about the most Q4 thing that could have happened right there. That was great. <laughs> How are we today, gentlemen? We're doing all right. Uh, quarantine life and, and working from home and everything has been... 
interesting. It's been a, a weird challenge. You can say it, it sucks. But... It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. You, it, you can it, say that. Everyone it, is experiencing it. It sucks. It that that clashes with my I don't know, the, the, the pact I made with myself to try and be more <laughs> positive throughout all of this and saying things suck. If I said everything that I thought sucked out loud, it would be a lot of things. I would just be my day would be saying that the sucks. Packers, that sucks. Patriots. Not Steelers. Having, not having baseball sucks. Packers suck. Patriots suck. Steelers suck. Washington sucks. Yeah, there's a lot of things that suck. Do you, do you guys yeah. feel like you're getting it? Vacuums That's suck. True. Ha. Uh, um, do you think there's never heard that one before? Do you think you're getting into a, a routine at all, or is it just kind of like not? I've been trying not to get into a routine. Interesting. In the, I mean, like when when this first came down, I've been trying not to, just in the hopes that this wouldn't last as long as it has. Oh, sure. And yeah. so now I'm struggling to catch up and get into a routine when people have already been into a routine. I think. Uh, my, my workplace sent home my work desktop with me. Like they had me take everything from my desk. It felt like I was leaving or like I was moving out. And one that happened probably three or four weeks ago. And once that happened, it finally was like, oh shoot, this is, this is serious. This is where I'm going to be at home for a long time. And so then that's when I started trying to get into a, a, a routine and, I feel like I've been playing catch up ever since because it's it's just so weird and and doing news from home and still having to go to the station for a couple of things it's just it's news is hard to get into a rhythm in the first place and now that you've thrown the wrench of working from home sometimes but like I'm still going into the station to anchor on Friday nights it, there's just no semblance of order right now in my life so I've I've just accepted that and I know I'm going to be frazzled until this whole thing is over whenever it ends mm-hmm. Thriving in the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Only way you can do it. Yeah. All right, so if, if, if you don't mind diving right in, I have a couple of things. I, I know everybody here has a couple of things. I, I got a couple of things I want to I want to start with. Um, one fairly easy, I guess, and the other one, who knows. Um, if, if you guys are ready to sure. go. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. In the 10 years... Sorry, 12 years since I moved up to Minnesota. One thing has become very clear to me is that people outside of St. Louis seem to hate Joe Buck. (laughs) And I could never understand why. And so that is my first question. I want to understand the vitriolic hatred for Joe Buck. I don't, I'm, I'm not asking you to like him. I just want to understand why you don't. And I want clear concise evidence the because when i'm when i was up in minnesota the the main thing i heard was that he loves the packers and he he gushes about the packers every time but if you go to wisconsin everybody in wisconsin hates joe buck as well and they think he hates the packers so those two things cannot exist simultaneously they are mutually exclusive one of those things cannot be right and so i'm disregarding that as evidence because everybody feels like some commentator somewhere has a bias against their team. So I'm asking you to, cause I know both of you do not like Joe Buck. Correct. Just for a, a rational, concise, objective reason why you do not like him. Okay. I, I, I don't, I'm not asking you to, to change your mind about him, even though I do personally like him. I just want to understand. 
for Vikings fans, <clears throat> I think a lot of it uh, started in what was it, the 2002 game uh, when Vikings trashed the Packers. Randy Moss did his shoot the moon in the end zone, and Joe Buck gave his infamous, no, that is a disgusting act. Uh, and for the rest of the season, kind of had it out for Randy Moss uh, for whatever reason. Um, so I think it actually, like, on a a base level for Vikings fans, I think it comes from that, not from any objective reason, uh, but just because he was mad at one of our players and we're like, hey, screw you, Joe. <laughs> and we never forgave him for it. I, I think what, yes, I mean, that was that was the first point. And as a... As three former broadcasters, I don't know what we would say in that. Three former sports, three people. Okay, we did this in college. Like one of us is still doing this. I'm just trying to be correct here. But um, I don't know what I would say in that situation. You know, like if, if I was just a third party, like if we were doing two games at a regional where it was two teams we didn't know and then all of a sudden one of the dudes just went up and dunked and then mooned the other team. Like, I I don't know what I would say there. I think that's a great point, TJ. But I'm gonna, I am gonna want to take it back a little bit, Noah, to what you said about how Vikings fans think Joe Buck is all about the Packers and Packers fans think they hate the Packers. Well, one of those groups is just inherently wrong anyways. So <laughs> you can take out what the Wisconsin people have to say about Joe Buck. And it's just, I feel that it's, whenever I watch a Joe Buck broadcast, and this is this is football only, I think he's he's pretty fantastic at baseball, um, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But every time I watch a Joe Buck broadcast, you can bet on how many times he mentions Aaron Rodgers. And it's not going to be zero. It's It's always like three to five times. It could be a completely different division. It could be totally different, but it, he always gets brought up somehow. And it's like, dude, per- get out of his jock strap because it's so it's just frustrating. And it's like, I don't want to hear Aaron Rodgers more than I have to. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to hear that. I don't want his name in my brain. So stop bringing it up. And, and perhaps this is my experience as a Cowboys fan, but if you look about maybe three or four times a season the Cowboys are going to be on primetime Fox and they're going to be called by Joe Buck and Troy mm-hmm. uh, and so it, it's a it's a regular thing for me to see a Cowboys game with Joe Buck and Troy and there are many games I've I've watched where Aaron Rodgers has not come up in the slightest and so that argument I just I've never understood it it never made sense to me just because I, I I'd say I probably watch more of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman than any of their commentating duo because of the fact that they call more Cowboys games than most. Yeah. So I don't know. It just, and it's, I just, I, I, I don't see it. And maybe this is St. Louis bias as well. Cause he is uh, a hometown guy. Jack Buck, his dad was an absolute legend for the Cardinals. Um, and then, you know, he, he got his, start, Joe Buck got his start calling Cardinals games uh, uh, in the, in the eighties and nineties. So Maybe just as a, as a St. Louisan, I am inherently defensive about him, but I just I don't understand the amount of hate that he gets because he seems like a very pleasant person. He calls games well, um, and outside of 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 his work too, is just a, a a decent person. And I think it should be made a point 
that when we say we hate Joe Buck, we specifically hate Joe Buck commentary. <laughs> I have nothing against Joe Buck as a person. Yeah. And everything I say on this podcast, everything I, when I talk about sports contacts of like, quote unquote, hating a person, it never has anything to do with them <laughs> off the field usually. <laughs> like Joe Buck, if Joe Buck was like, hey, uh, I'm having a party. TJ, come have a beer with me and Troy Aikman. I'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I will absolutely do this. Um, but it's like, the, I'm reading an article right now actually about why fans hate Joe Buck. Um, apparently, because it's not a Minnesota, Wisconsin thing only. It's Oh, no, I know. It's everywhere. Um, and I uh, some of, some of the things that have happened in this article have been very funny to me um some people say he's biased that's the first one um during the chicago cubs world series run this is an article from mashable i'm going to give credit so this is an article from mashable uh during the chicago cubs world series run fans thought buck had a particular affinity for slugger kyle schwarber so they made him a wedding registry (laughs) (laughs) there was a joe buck kyle schwarber wedding registry floating around that you could get, you could uh, order things for. Um, uh, some people say that there's nepotism going on. Um, I I don't think that has ever played into my uh, hatred of his calling of games. Mostly, the reason I I think like if I'm looking at it objectively, the reason I hate it is because. In the recent years, when Vikings have played the Packers, Packers have had uh, some success. Specifically, Aaron Rodgers has had some success against our defense. And Joe Buck likes to point that out. And I do not like hearing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hate it. It's also, so, there's, there's the, the camaraderie of collective hate, too. And especially with such mm-hmm. an emotional and... I'm going to say emotionally unstable fan base that the Vikings have. (laughs) When there's someone that we feel is attacking us and hates us, then we will hate you like hate has never been hated before. (laughs) Doesn't matter if it's true or not. And that's the thing is... We're just coming at you. The thing that's made it bigger for me over the last couple years is that one of my buddies is a huge Packer fan. I mean, like he has one of those fake biggest scam in football, like, I'm a part owner of the team things. Oh, my gosh. Um, gosh. And he's just like, oh, Joe Buck's the greatest. So I'm like, you know what? He's the worst. Just because you think he's the greatest. Wait, he's wait. The there's a Packers fan who likes Joe. Oh Buck. yes, and he's he's a baseball fan too. So he like, okay. That he does. He's not just a, more sense. an NFL Joe Buck guy. He's just like, oh, Joe Buck's the greatest. Like he can do it all. He's this and that. And I'm just like, no, he sucks, and I hate him. <laughs> and that's, that's so. I, I, there's a lot of like unjustified. Oh yeah, yeah. Mo- most like, of I would say ninety-five yes. percent of hatred towards Joe Buck <clears throat> on behalf of Minnesota fans is completely For unjustified. Sure. Okay, I'm. That's what I was thinking. I'm glad to hear Minnesota fans say that because that just. Oh yeah, it. It's a sports thing. It's like it's just a Minnesota fans want to hate on something during the game because every fan base wants to hate on something during a game, right? You either hate on the other team's fans or you hate on the commentators. You hate on the stupid mustache wearing quarterback and the in the yellow helmet on the other side of the field. Is <laughs> <laughs> like as a Cowboys fan and a Cardinals fan. I am very used 
to having people say my team sucks and that nobody is going to like the team that I root for and everybody's going to give me crap for it. So I'm 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 not trying to get convert people to to liking Joe Buck, <laughs> it, and it's it's more just a quest to understand, um, because I don't know like when I I don't like hating other things very much, but when I do, I legit legitimately very much hate them. Like I have brought up Stan Kroenke on this show many times before. <laughs> yes, he is one of the worst people. <laughs> In sports right now, and I will take that to my grave. I will trash talk him till the day that I die. But so the the level of, of vitriolic hate that I spew at jo- at, uh, at Stan Kroenke, I'm seeing other people spew at Joe Buck, and their crimes are nowhere near equivalent. So it's just like I said, it's a quest for for understanding. And so I appreciate you gentlemen going on that quest with me and and bringing me to the the. I don't know the 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 Mordor equivalent of of sports knowledge. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know the, the Jodor. Wait, did you just say Jodor? Yes, that is fantastic. I just wanted to make <laughs> sure I heard that right. Thank you for saying that. That was awesome. <laughs> I, hey, maybe I'll give him another chance this year. Probably not, Thank but you. maybe I will. That, that, that's I, all I've I done that for. before, and I'm going to be honest with you. The moment I turn on the first Vikings game with Joe Buck calling, I'm like, I'm going to give him a shot. And he opens his mouth, and I'm like, can't do it. <laughs> no, not today. <laughs> okay, and my, my second thing that I wanted to talk about is a complete, complete change of pace. Steroids. Ooh. Ooh. This is a good one. So there's been... With, with baseball being gone, uh, there's been a lot of, of free time <laughs> for baseball writers. <laughs> um, and Bleacher Report has been doing this this whole week. They did a steroid era kind of feature. And so they went back and looked at the Maguire-Sosa home run race in 98. They looked at A-Rod um, and kind of his whole legacy uh, on uh, – after he admitted that he took steroids, the debate of whether or not Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, whether any of any person who's taken steroids should be in the Hall of Fame. And that's the question that I wanted to ask you guys, is at what point do you let someone who took steroids into the Hall of Fame? Do you think people such as Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire or A-Rod should be in the Hall? There's There's so many different ways to go about this in my opinion it's it's so hard to just say no because people who say no right away it's i'm still like well if you took steroids you couldn't hit 70 whatever home runs in a season was it 74 that bonds hit 72 i think 72 it was some awful number and i so that's the part that i struggle with is if i took steroids I would not be hitting 72 home runs in in Major League Baseball. There's there's a ton of skill that you have to use, but I think it's it's a similar vein to the Astros where you are forever a cheater in my mind. And if if you're going to put one of the guys who use steroids, whether it's like even cuz uh, Roger Clemens had a thing with it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Jose Canseco. I mean, that was what baseball was for us as kids 
You know, like we grew up in the Bonds era of, oh, there's Barry Bonds. He's going to hit a home run here. Boom. Yep. There it goes. But I just can't get over the fact that you cheated and you willingly took something or you exposed yourself to taking something that gave you an advantage that was definitely illegal, which to me is the exact same as the Astros. And I have a hard time not putting someone like like Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. If you're going to put Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez and all of these guys that took steroids, if you're going to allow them to be amongst the greatest of all time in the history of baseball, then why would you not put Pete Rose in there? Did they both cheat? Did they both do things illegal? Yeah, for sure. So either it's it's all or nothing. And I I think if you're going to look at it like that, then it's nothing because no, he, he doesn't deserve to be among the greats because the greats didn't have the same cheating advantage that he did. And it's one thing if you create an advantage because of how you do something, but it's another thing if you create an advantage doing something illegal and against the rules. And that is so utterly shameful that I don't believe you should be in the Hall of Fame. And one of the arguments that's come up this week, particularly uh, for uh, uh, Sosa and McGuire, is... In 98, the home run race, quote-unquote, saved baseball. It made baseball incredibly exciting, knowing that one of them most likely was going to break the home run record. And so people who are for seeing those players get into the Hall of Fame are bringing that argument up where their legacy goes beyond their individual stats, their individual crimes that they may have committed, where... The, the home run race in 98 will forever remain in baseball history. I mean, you can just mention 1998 MLB, and people are instantly going to think of McGuire and Sosa. And they, they single-handedly, I mean, baseball was struggling after the, the strike of 94. Uh, the ticket sales were declining. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa made going to the ballpark fun. Um, and so in, in that sense, you could, you could argue that maybe they deserve to be in. But at the same time, Anthony, I totally agree, where it just it feels like it, it cheapens. It, 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 it taints the, the legacy of baseball. But to that point then as well, you know, particularly looking at the steroid era through the, the lens of post-Astros scandal baseball, those players on the Astros were not punished in the slightest for what they did. No players serving suspensions. No one is banned from the league uh, in the way that, you know, Pete Rose is. And so if baseball is letting that slide, they don't have the moral high ground to say, oh, well, those guys cheated 20 years ago, so they don't deserve to be in either. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a weird, I'm not trying, you know, the moral equivalent equivalency argument here it's, it, because that's a whole other can of worms, but it's just interesting now, 20 years removed, it's less fresh in, in people's minds. Younger people don't remember it quite as well. It's just, it, it, it is interesting to look at it now as opposed to, you know, say 10 years ago. Yeah, it's, it's one of those discussions that'll happen forever too. And there's so many different debates and it's the fallout from the steroid era was really quite interesting to live through as well because then it was like, oh, you hit two home runs in a game, boom, you're being tested, T- like tomorrow. And there was 
I don't know. It just it it saved baseball, but it also, as a kid, it kind of ruined it at the same time, because there was the thought that no matter how how good I get at baseball, it's not going to be as good as someone who injected something in his cheating. And that was just kind of a daunting thing to think about. And it just didn't seem fair to me. And it's, I mean, we were kids. Well, because it's not. Right. And we, we were kids during that time. So it was, it was all just like, well, why would someone cheat? That's like, I thought you were just supposed to work hard to get better than people. But I don't know. That was my childhood naive naivety 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 and then another argument that's come up as well or another question i guess that's come up is to what extent do you factor in a player's remorse in 2010 mark mcguire came out and admitted that he used steroids on and off for a decade and apologized and was, at least in the interview when, when he admitted it, was very clearly upset at what he did. And was trying, and over the last decade has been trying to, to reestablish his reputation, to, to rehab it, to, to leave a better legacy on baseball. Does that matter when considering someone for the Hall of Fame? Whereas someone you know, such as Sammy Sosa... You know, even this year, did a rare interview uh, that's airing on Bleacher Report. Uh, oh gosh, sometime this month, uh, still denies taking steroids. Does that matter? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I like with Mark McGuire. I respect Mark McGuire. I like him. Okay, and I'm glad that he has shown remorse for cheating. I'm glad that he has. Uh, tried to clean up his legacy and i think that for his legacy is good i think a lot of people see that and they're like all right like we'll we'll forgive you we're not gonna like hold this against you i guess like you're still great baseball player great dude um but when considering for the hall of fame apologizing doesn't change that your career was because like if you cheat and have a good career and then apologize. Your career still has the asterisk because you still cheated. Like the thing you did still happened, right? So remorse and apologizing means you can be forgiven. Like that's that's totally okay, but it doesn't clear you for the Hall of Fame because the Hall of Fame is specifically based on your career. Yeah. And if your career is tainted by the fact that you cheated whether or not you show remorse doesn't really have an impact on whether or not you make it in or it shouldn't at least in my opinion yeah it's i don't know i feel like you could even look at it as it's almost a it's almost a selfish thing like if if someone did that and came out and apologized and then kind of like expected to get in everyone's good graces or expected to get into the hall of fame because they apologize then i'd just be like no screw you like just because you apologize doesn't mean you like the ban whether it's real or or imagined is lifted i don't think that's fair but it's good to see that they recognize it and i mean that had a profound impact on baseball 
Like, Mark McGuire was one of my favorite players growing up. And it was just, like, when, when that came out that he's using PEDs, it was like, well, what was I watching then? Because you're, like, that wasn't Mark McGuire hitting that ball. Like, did he swing the bat? Yeah, but it's it wasn't Mark McGuire getting the ball over the fence. It was something, it was some chemical. So, what? and then it just, you, you spiral into the, well, was he using it here? Was he using it there? Should any of this count? Was any of this real? Like, what would he have done without steroids? And that's, it's, it's hard for me to forgive and forget that. Like with the Astros, I'm, in 20 years, I'm going to be telling my kids about how the Astros suck and I hate the Astros. And they're like, why? <laughs> like, they have all these great, and I'm like, no, screw them. Like, they cheated and did all this stuff. And it, it's hard for me to forgive sports people in that aspect. And that's the thing with cheating that makes it so difficult is because, like, afterwards you can forgive someone, like, on a level of I'm not holding your past sins against you. But I'm also, like, forgiveness in sports for cheating is not the same as, oh, now we can acknowledge uh, this World Series win. Like, in 20 years, and the Astros player come out, and they're like, wow, it really sucked. We're really sorry we did that. It's like, all right, cool. I forgive you. But I'm still not acknowledging that World Series because you cheated to right. get it. So, like, it's there's that kind of dual level of sports, which makes it really interesting, is that mm-hmm. when you do well because you cheat, your doing well means nothing, regardless of whatever happens in the future. And I can forgive you on a personal level. I can forgive you as a human being who recognized they did something wrong. But part of that needs to be acknowledging that your past accomplishments don't have a basis in reality. Like they're not, they're not your accomplishments. And I think that's why I appreciate Mark McGuire more than other people who were attached to this scandal because he did apologize. And I think yeah, in my (laughs) novice uneducated or unexperienced opinion I, I, I don't know him personally but in the 10 years since he has come out and and made that apology it, it hasn't been a a pity parade it hasn't been it, it hasn't seemed like he he made that apology specifically to try and get into the hall of fame he it seems from a fan's perspective that he legitimately regretted what he did and knows what he did was wrong and is looking to to right that wrong and so on that level i hold him in a higher regard than some of the other players who are attached and most likely did but still vehemently deny it yeah just because that that takes some level of personal integrity and the the amount of crap that mark mcguire has taken for it and deservedly so i think you just have to respect a person who admits their mistake knows what they did was wrong and is willing to take the brunt of that heat to to reconcile. And so I I agree with with everything that you all have said. I think yeah, I've I've gone on this show several times before and have <laughs> done one of my my Noah rants about tarnishing the game of baseball. Uh whether that be the Astros or or some other uh scandal. And no, I, I, I agree that I, I don't think anybody with steroids should be in the Hall of Fame. But I do think 
there should be some room for forgiveness. And I think the the path that McGuire has taken is the ideal path for any sort of steroid user where, you know, he, what he meant just for the, the few years that he was in St. Louis to end his career, whether or not it was tainted by steroids, what he did for that organization kind of turned them around and set them up for success in the early 2000s and really up to up until this day that's that level of sustained success started with that late 90s period and comes out apologizes in 2010 works uh with the cardinals as their hitting coach it was tony Larusa who really encouraged him to kind of rehab his his reputation his image um and has since i think done so quite well um and in 2017 was inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. And I think that is the highest level of honor he should get. And I, I think he deserves it just for the impact that he's had on the Cardinals organization. I think that that level of team recognition is okay. And I think it's a it's a slightly different thing than the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. And so I, I, think, I think that's fine. But no, I, I don't think anybody from that era should be in because there has to be a line in the sand and i think anthony you mentioned this earlier where once you start making exceptions it's like oh well yeah you guys cheated but the home run rights of 98 was important so we'll put you in at what point do you stop do you put pete rose in do you put anybody from the 1920s black Sox team in there do you put anybody from the astros in there from this year it's just it, it opens up so many it opens up pandora's box and it's and it's all relative too, or it's all subjective at that point. So it's I don't know. But quick, there's only one person that should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's Kirby Puckett. Dang it! Oh, dude, did no, you watch that game no. the other there's night? There's only one person who should be in the Hall of Fame, and it's Boof Bonser. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Hashtag spoof for Boof. Okay, I was looking up the 1998. I just googled 1998 MLB just because I was curious what would come up. And I, I brought up the season history. Did you know the Yankees were 114 and 48 in 1998? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the best records in baseball history. And I hate them. They swept the Rangers for it. in the divisional series. And um, they beat the Indians 4-2 to two in the championship series. And then they swept the Padres in the World Series. Like, hate That's them. disgusting, dude. That is so nasty. They are the worst. Oh, my God. That is awful. Oh, gross. Yeah, the the 98 season was a really weird and exciting time in baseball because you had the home run race, and then the Yankees were on pace to win the most games in Major League history. Uh, The 2001 Mariners and the 1906 Chicago Cubs hold the record uh, with 116 wins. Uh, the Cubs had the highest winning percentage because they only played 152 games. So they won 116 and 36. And the L1 Mariners won 116 and 46. So be- before, this was in 98, so before that Mariners season. So really it was just the Cubs who held that record. So the Yankees were chasing that. Uh, McGuire and Sosa were chasing the home run record. Uh, it, yeah, that's just a, a weird, weird time. <laughs> yeah, that's actually crazy. Anyway baseball stats dude that's like the best yeah. sport to look up old stats in oh my yeah. god 
Also, speaking of old stats, the home run record is 73 home runs. Okay. That's, that's so much. <laughs> that's so many home runs. I'm just trying to, like, process that number. That's a little under a home run every two games. Yeah, 2001. I don't know, there was a... I was watching a replay of when McGuire... I think he hit three home runs against the Phillies in 98 in one game. And the announcer was just going through uh, these random sets they pulled. It was like hitting a home run every 7.2 at-bats and getting an RBI every 4.3 at-bats or something ridiculous like that. It's like, goodness gracious. Steroids or not, that is just... Yeah, that's that's impressive. Before we move on, Noah, I have a trivia question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the top three leaders in home runs per year are Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa. They make up the top six. Mm-hmm. Um, who are the the other three people that are listed in the top ten? Uh, is Babe Ruth up there? Yep. Uh, TJ, have... you can answer too. I don't know why I just said Noah, but does he have multiple seasons? <laughs> uh, Babe Ruth ha- is eight and nine, so we're looking for seven who had sixty-one home runs, and then ten who had fifty-nine home runs. Oh gosh, um, are they historical players or modern players? Um, one was in the year nineteen sixty-one, and one was in the year two thousand seventeen. Seventeen. Wow. Um. I kind of forgot about the one in 2017. That surprised me. Gosh. I'm trying to remember. Who, okay, let me... So, the one in 2017. Is it who we all would think it is? Um, Probably. He recently went to the Yankees in the last five years. Oh, it's John Carlos yes, Stanton, isn't it? It is. 59 yeah. home runs in 2017. I didn't know he had 59 <laughs> home runs. Oh, and that's... then Roger Maris set the yes. original home run record with 61. Yeah. Okay. I was that's why I originally asked you because I was like, "Oh, who did Roger Maris play for? St. Louis Cardinals." Noah. Who is <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I I'm embarrassed it took me that long to remember that. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Oh. Okay. We're moving on to my topics okay. now because I'm I desperately want to talk about them. <laughs> We're moving on from serious talk of historical precedent to stupid talk of my favorite thing in football, um, which is quarterback controversy. Yes, because quarterback controversy never happens to good teams with good quarterbacks. It always happens to teams that are like mediocre and they really don't know what they're doing at the quarterback position. So the first one I talk about is Anthony's beloved Browns, <laughs> uh, who brought on Case Keenum to battle it out with Baker Mayfield for the starting spot. Who do we think is going to get it, and how well do we think they're going to do? I think this is Baker's team to lose. I think if you look at Case Keenum's career trajectory, he aside from his one good season, his one great season with the Vikings in 2017, he has been a spot starter, career backup kind of quarterback. And he might play a very similar similar role to what he did in Washington, except with a slightly better coaching atmosphere. Where you have a young quarterback, supremely talented, just 
can't seem to quite get it going. I mean, Mayfield had an impressive rookie season, but his sophomore campaign was really disappointing. Um, so I think Keenum is brought in there to to put in a, a semblance of competition where if if you're going to have a quarterback battle, you need to be comfortable with either quarterback winning that battle. And I think the Browns would be comfortable with Keenum winning it, and they'd be comfortable with him starting. I think they'd prefer Mayfield to win his job back and to have Case Keenum as that veteran quarterback presence who can help Mayfield navigate some of those uh, tricky situations. But I, I, I think you're going to see Mayfield win this one. How well they do, who knows? I mean, Browns have won <laughs> the offseason for the last couple of years now, uh, and that hasn't translated into any success. I think you started to see them turn the corners uh, last season. So I think if they can continue that trajectory, who knows? They This is still the Ravens' division to lose by far. <laughs> um, but we saw the Browns be competitive with, with the Steelers last season. Um, and the Bengals are just kind of a, a, a non... No, Bengals aren't in that division, right? Yep. Trash. Yep. Fire. Oh, they are. Yeah. Dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, non-factor. So really it is the perfect season for the Browns to start making that leap forward. And I think you'll see Mayfield win this one. And I think, I feel like we've been saying this ever since we started the show, but don't sleep on the Browns this year. That's yes. (laughs) Noah. Yeah. Welcome over to the dark side, Noah. (laughs) No, I, I think you're, you're exactly right. I don't think they had intentions of bringing in Case Keenum so that Case Keenum would be their quarterback to take them to the playoffs. I don't think that was the intention. I think, if anything, it's to light the fire a little bit under Baker Mayfield. And it doesn't hurt to have a – I would. he's a veteran quarterback. I mean, he's been around the league. I. It doesn't hurt to have that experience in the locker room. Um and dare I say maturity compared to their current starting quarterback. Um, but if anything, I think the goal is to make Baker Mayfield have to compete and have to work harder, I guess. I don't know if that was the case last year where he just wasn't preparing enough or wasn't decision-making wasn't good enough. There wasn't really any consequences, but I, I like the move just because it hopefully will light a fire and, Baker Mayfield to me is someone who is kind of a not kind of a but like a cocky guy who just wants to beat you and make sure that you know he just beat you. So I like I like the play because it's not going to hurt you. And if the Browns go zero and four, maybe they they take a look at Case Keenum. But I don't know. It's a it's a good move from a GM standpoint. I think just overall that would make Baker Mayfield better, which I think is the ultimate goal. Yeah. All right. I I kind of secretly hope Case Keenum wins this quarterback battle and then like leads the Browns on a rampage. Oh, that'd be great. Another yeah. thirteen and three season with the the <laughs> ragtag group of Cleveland Browns going to the AFC championship game, getting dominated by Derrick Henry. <laughs> I have an irrational love for Case Keenum. Like Oh yes. my gosh! I just he, so much. He is one of my favorite him. players in the NFL right now for no good reason, other than that one awesome season he had in in Minnesota. He's just, just a he's wholesome just, guy. He's such a good guy, and like you want to see him succeed and do well. 
I think we mentioned it. It's kind of like the Lions, where you know they're not going to do well, but you really, really want them to. So, I don't know. There's just and we know that, and we know that they can. Like with both the Lions and Case Keenum, like we know it's possible. It's just that things haven't quite worked out exactly to make it happen, and it's sad because we'd really just want like want to see you do well, bud. Yes, (laughs) you, you you got this. Ah, uh, okay. Speaking of the Lions and the NFC North, three of the four teams in the <laughs> NFC North I know where this have <laughs> uh, a starting quarterback. Vikings have Kirk Cousins for three more years. Packers have Aaron Rodgers until the sun evaporates the earth. <laughs> and Lions have Matt Stafford. The fourth team in the NFC North, residing in a place I used to live, known as Chicago, uh, currently has two quarterbacks, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Rumors are swirling around that they will try to draft a high-round third quarterback (laughs) and have a three-way battle for the starting position in Chicago to determine who will lead the team to (laughs) 6-10. So this is a two-parter. This is a two-parter. Who is Chicago drafting at quarterback, and who will win their quarterback battle? Hmm. And once again, I think this is one of the situations where it's it's less certain for Mitch Trubisky. I think this might be a make or break season for him, where if he if he gets the starting job, this could be his last year as starter in Chicago if things don't go well. Um. I think Chicago wants him to succeed. <laughs> Obviously, though, if they're if they're thinking about taking a quarterback in a higher round in the draft, they're investing significant capital in that quarterback. So that's what makes this a little different than than Cleveland. Um, yeah, this this whole thing is a mess. <laughs> um, I think I think you you have to if you're Chicago, you have to want Mitch Trubisky to win this job. And to do well. Because otherwise, I mean, what quarterback is Chicago going to be able to get? Would he be able to start right away? If not, do you feel confident in Nick Foles' ability to operate outside of an Andy Reid-based offense? Because in the two seasons that we've seen Nick Foles have any level of success was 2013 and 2018 in the Super Bowl run when he came in for an injured Nick Foles. In 2013... Uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Carson Wentz. Um, (laughs) uh, Got Nick Foles on the mind. Um, Because I'd talk about him. Anyway, regardless. In 2013, he was playing under Andy Reid and had that insane, what was it, 27 touchdown to two interception ratio or something like that. It was madness. And then in 2018 was playing under Doug Peterson who himself served under Andy Reid and runs a very similar style of offense. So we've in the times that we've seen Nick Foles succeed it has been in a very very controlled environment in a with very specific circumstances. Chicago does not have those circumstances. Uh, and so I think if you see Nick Foles starting in Chicago for any extended period of time something has gone wrong. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. I Nick Foles is another guy I have this irrational appreciation for just because like and it came through playing fantasy football. 
I mean, he would like talk about a feast or famine guy. He would go out there and throw six touchdowns like it was nobody's business, and then he would just go lay the biggest egg you've ever seen. But um, I think they want, like you said, Noah, you said that Chicago wants Trubisky to succeed. I don't think they want him to succeed for his own good. I think they want him to succeed because they are just looking at the rest of the 2017 draft and they keep seeing the memes about if they would have drafted Patrick Mahomes and even like Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey. All of those people were after Trubisky. I mean, they took Trubisky number two in that draft. And hindsight is 2020, of course, but I think they they are willing him to succeed because of how much risk they took on him and and how much they spent and wanted to get from him and have not gotten from him yet so i don't know i i think it's going to be a similar situation where trubisky goes in as a week one starter and then like noah said if it really hits the fan then you might see nick Foles, and then it's just going to be a train wreck of a season for chicago okay but if chicago drafts a quarterback who are they taking Oh gosh! Who, who, um, who do they who do they take? Because we know Burrow's gone, we know Tua's gone, and we can almost guarantee that Herbert will be gone by the time Chicago gets their pick. Oh uh, gosh! Right? Yes. So you're you're out of the top three, and those are the only like three standout guys in the draft, right? All of the rest of the quarterbacks I would put on an even playing field. They're all fine. I think all of them could have a shot of being good in the NFL in the right system. Um, but I wouldn't put any of them necessarily ahead of the other. So, who does Chicago take, knowing their history of scouting quarterbacks in the draft? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, really, that, that depends on on other teams, doesn't it? it on, on who's left? Um, yeah. What do you- well, I'm just trying to look like who... F- because Mitch Trubisky, despite not being the most talented quarterback in the draft, is the one that f- kind of fits into Chicago's style of play, which is fast and loose scramble quarterback. Just like he get back there. If your short route isn't open, run it. Well, in the so another thing to take into consideration, too, is the Bears do not have a first round pick. Yeah, their I was gonna ask when their first pick. I be, forgot about that. It's pick forty-three. So that's what round two, pick eleven. Yes. So, are you gonna see a quarterback worth taking at that point? Because we know those top three quarterbacks will most likely be gone in who knows, maybe the first round. Oh, definitely the first round. Maybe the top ten. Yeah. Um, in yeah. Burrow, Herbert, and. Uh, to uh, they they might be gone. Let me rephrase this: Burrow's going one to the Bengals. Herbert or Tua are most likely going to the Dolphins at four, and then the other is going to the Chargers at six. I think the the next quarterbacks you see, they might be they might be going somewhere in the rest of the first round. I think. Oh gosh. I'm just looking up. There's a Jordan Love from Utah yep. State. No, I I think if the Bears take a quarterback, 
they're taking Jalen Hurts. That's oh, what I was going to say. It out. Yeah, that's like because that's he's the guy that fits their system. He is the <laughs> the prototypical Mitch Trubisky of not super accurate, loves to run probably sooner than he should, but he's physically talented. Yeah. And I I could see like. I, I personally, I like Jalen Me Hurts. too. I would like to see him play in the NFL. I think he's an exciting player, and I think with the right development, he could uh, he could really succeed. That being said, I think the Bears will take him, and I do not want the Bears to take him because I do not think they will develop him <laughs> into a good quarterback. I think the Bears at this point are invested enough in Mitch Trubisky where they need to get some pieces around him. Uh, and so I think you might see them take maybe an offensive lineman or get another position player to add some weapons around Mitch Trubisky just so they give Trubisky the best chance to succeed. And if they're going to take a quarterback, it's going to be later in the draft. And hopefully, hopefully that gives Jalen Hurts enough time to be drafted by another team. <laughs> uh, several mock drafts that I've been looking at have Jalen Hurts going to the New England Patriots. The, Patri- the Patriots have expressed a lot of interest Ooh. in Hurts. Okay. That would actually be – that would be an exciting – Because that's that, – I, I would – I would want – I would – yes. That's the difference. Please, like absolutely. You, you trust New England to cultivate a thousand percent more than you trust Chicago to cultivate a good quarterback. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I've also seen um, oh, yeah. Herbert possibly going to um, the Jaguars. And mm-hmm. I've also heard, like, Leonard Fournette was on someone's Instagram Live thing the other day and saying that he wanted Cam Newton to go to uh, Jacksonville. So hmm. uh, there's going to be a, still a lot of movement to happen. It's already been kind of a crazy offseason as far as quarterbacks go. Um, this has been like this has been the year of the quarterback. Yeah, so far. and it's going to get even crazier with these with those top three, and then still Cam Newton out there and Jameis Winston, and yeah, there's there's still a lot to to happen here. Yeah, I don't. I, I think okay. the Bears they're just they have such a deficit of talent in so many positions that it would be a waste of a pick to take a quarterback with one of their first picks because so they have a second round pick. Two third round picks, uh, a fifth round pick, two sixth, two seventh. So they don't have a lot of premium draft picks. So the ones that they do, they need to take uh, talent at positions of need. So I think you're going to see offensive line, you're going to see secondary, and I don't know, maybe a weapon or two for Trubisky or Foles, whoever wins the job. Um, I'd be surprised if they took a quarterback. Yeah. But they are Chicago. And they are Chicago. Been known to surprise us before by <laughs> exactly. trading up in the draft, giving away everything they own to draft Mitch Trubisky. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Honestly, Ugh. though, if Chicago remains irrelevant in the NFC North for the next couple of years, I'd be totally okay with that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it it then leaves the. Almost guaranteed. I don't want to say guaranteed. Almost guaranteed wild card coming out of the NFC North. Then, yeah, yeah, it does. Which is good. I don't. Know, the NFC is looking pretty strong this year. Uh, I mean, with the the NFC West, the the Seahawks uh, and the Cardinals. The Cardinals are up and coming. 
uh, and the Niners, obviously. Um, and then and Kyler Murray is uh, I the I can see him being a future future All Star. Yep. Kyler Murray's showing off some some moves, particularly with DeAndre with, Hopkins. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the NFC South, you have uh, the Saints, the Bucks, uh, the Panthers. Um, okay, let's not get too he- ahead of ourselves on the Bucks. I, right? I'm just saying. The, I know Tom Brady's the, on the team. I'm just saying but. the Bucks were competitive last year. I think they'll be competitive again this year. And when we're talking about wild card spots, who knows? Anything yeah. could happen. Yeah. That's fair. And then That's fair. The NFC North, you have the the Vikings in the pack. And then NFC East, hopefully they get their crap together. And <laughs> the Eagles and Cowboys are the teams we thought they would be. So, yeah. yeah, so we've we've talked about this before. Uh, when we were talking about uh, <laughs> top NFC quarterbacks and top AFC quarterbacks, but the NFC is a really well balanced conference, I think, and so you you could you could make the argument for probably four or five teams to make the wild card. You could yeah. see them making that this year. I just I I kind of forgot about arizona and just the nfc south like i i was so hyped on the <laughs> nfc south last year i thought the south was gonna be oh, remember so our, good like we had an episode where we predicted that the nfc south was going to be like might get two wild powerhouse yeah <laughs> yeah and then like the, we thought that three of the four nfc south teams were going to the playoffs wasn't there the, a year in like recent memory where that happened where it was like the saints won the division and then the i think it was the falcons and the panthers who got the wild card spots probably yeah, back so. in the like I don't know when Carolina went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it was like 2013, 2014, then? 2015, something like that. Yeah. I think NFC South they're good. they're good this year. They're good. Yeah. Don't sleep on the NFC South. I say every year, hoping <laughs> one year I'm right. <laughs> I always I always feel a little bit nervous playing an NFC South team. I don't know what it is, but like I never want to play at an NFC South team. That's. Uh, I think the NFC South is just always. They're always good. I think that's yeah. also just lingering PTSD from what the Saints did to the Vikings ten years that's ago. That's true. That, that's yeah. very true. We're, we have ling- lingering PTSD from the NFC South because all Vikings fans are born with PTSD from the Falcons. Oh my gosh, I forgot um, that was the Falcons in '99. Yeah. So, Falcons, Saints, uh,. We have, we love Carolina now. Oh yeah. Teddy. yeah. Hashtag Teddy got signed. Yeah. Teddy got Hashtag signed. Teddy got signed. Yeah. Lots to happen still in the NFL, which is pretty yeah. pretty cool. I like it. I like when things shake up. That's always fun. Yeah. I like when things shake up, especially because it's the only sport where things are happening right now. Right. Yeah. And I like that. Anthony, what is your topic for today? Um, it's going to be a short one, but um, just because I know you're both of your undying love for the National Basketball Association. But um, <laughs> so Kevin Garnett is is nothing short, in my opinion, of a national treasure. He's kind of mm-hmm. like Shaq, where it's just like we need to preserve them as long as possible because Shaq is freaking hilarious right oh, yeah. and if you i love Shaq. if you listen to kevin garnett talk it is one of the funniest things like he just his lingo and the way that he talks and just like the way that he carries himself is that he is just he is so cool he is so fun to listen to and just to see his mannerisms and stuff 
And um, so a couple couple weeks ago now, two weeks ago, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Which I th- yeah, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame like a half hour after we recorded our episode, <laughs> so we didn't get to talk about it. <laughs> which, which I think is totally justified. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Um, Absolutely. He, and talk about impact, like when we talk about Major League Baseball earlier, he had such a huge impact on going from high school to the NBA. And mm-hmm. and when it didn't really make a lot of sense to me like when I was a kid because obviously I loved KG. He was like our Minnesota just like he was our guy, right? And everyone mm-hmm. had every, – every basketball player had a 21 jersey. And everyone wanted to be 21 because Kevin Garnett was 21. And he, he made so much money. Like the contract that he signed, I can't remember if it was like his third or fourth year. It was like stupid. I mean, it was so much money that they had to start making a rule about how much rookies or how much new players can make in their first couple seasons because the Timberwolves paid him so much money. And he literally paved the way for guys like LeBron and Kobe to get into the league through just going through high school. And when you think about it, like think about your senior year of high school, right? And and that to me, I just seem so like unprepared and I guess like immature and he went to the NBA the next year and dominated like that is you have to be so freaking good to be able to do that so here's my here's the point I'm trying to get to here um he had or has a poor relationship with um Glenn Taylor the owner of the Timberwolves and he doesn't want his jersey retired here because he doesn't like Glenn Taylor. And the whole thing is, is like um, Kevin Garnett and Flip Saunders were, it was like father-son. Like Flip Saunders was basically a dad to Kevin Garnett because Kevin Garnett was 18 when he joined the team. Um, So they were super tight. And then uh, the Timberwolves were struggling. I don't remember what year. I think it was like 2001 or something like that. Um, And Flip Saunders got fired. And so KG like, hated him because he's like well what the heck that's that's like our guy and you just fired him and so there's been like beef for lack of a better term over the past 20 years between these two and it just makes me sad because there is no one in Timberwolves history more deserving of getting their number retired than Kevin Garnett I mean he brought them to aside from what was it like two or three years ago he brought them to their only playoff appearance and he was the team he like talk about lebron bringing scrubs to the nba finals kevin garnett was bringing scrubs to the freaking playoffs like he was the only guy and it just annoys me that he won't get his jersey retired here because he was he was the only the only person on the wolves that like made the wolves anything in the past 20 years as before like uh, cat so it's just a bummer that he's not going to get his jersey retired because of glenn taylor and it makes me hate glenn taylor because i'm i take a bullet for kg so <laughs> i don't know it's just frustrating yeah, I, and i'm so glad that i he, saw this interview yeah that he got his his ring in boston and it was i love kg yeah i saw this interview and i kind of in the same boat of like kg is really the only Timberwolves player I think about when I think about the historic <laughs> history Seriously, of the Timberwolves, yeah, yeah. right? Like he's he is 
the guy. Like he is the only T Wolves player that has truly elevated the team. Like we're talking, like you said, LeBron level elevation of the people around him. Where he was on any team, any team around him, he could turn into superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it yeah it bumped me out because like, I didn't I had no idea about this beef between Glenn Taylor and KG, and it made me sad because like he is he's the Minnesota guy like he's our I don't know only <laughs> only guy <laughs> <Yeah>. for the <laughs> Timberwolves, yeah. um, and knowing that. That he does not look fondly on the organization. Uh, it kind of just casts a shadow over it all. And obviously, I respect him and I respect his choice to you know, say he doesn't want his number retired here. He obviously has that that ability to do so. But it makes me sad that that happened and makes me sad that there's still kind of that rift. Yeah. I don't know. I have nothing useful to add. I just love kg and i want him to be happy with minnesota I know. and it's it makes you feel like it's like no like it's it's not our fault like we still love you and when he came back to minnesota that was just amazing and he was just i mean listen to an interview with kevin garnett and you'll just instantly start laughing because he is so so fun to listen to so he needs to be on like he's just a fun yeah. dude he's just a fun like he is what every Minnesotan wants for their team. Yeah. Right? He's just a fun dude. And he's just a guy. He graduated high school. He went to the NBA. He was great at it. And he's just just a fun, nice yeah. dude. Right? And, yeah. Like, I, I just want to get every Minnesotan to sign a card and be like, hey. <laughs> we love you. Like, I know Glenn Taylor made you mad, but, like, we all – love you okay (laughs) like i don't even watch basketball regularly and there is a place in my heart that is reserved only for kevin yeah dude it's too bad so that was that was my thing i wanted to talk about just to give kg shout outs because he made it to the hall of fame totally deserved it we're proud of you i just totally want his jersey retired we love you, KG. So we know he's not going to get his uh, jersey retired, but should we bestow upon him the next best thing with his own <laughs> a Q4, Q4 hashtag? hashtag? Q4 hashtag? Do, do, do we do it for Kevin or do we do it against Glenn Taylor? Oh, for Kevin. Okay, Kevin. This is yeah. a support. So I was going to say something yeah. like, like hashtag heck off Glenn could, could start trending pretty, <laughs> pretty soon here. I, d- I don't no. want to make it about Glenn. I, I want right. Glenn to be in... I want KG to be the thing that's talked about. I don't know. I'm trying to form a <laughs> hashtag <too>. right now. <laughs> Welcome to the process. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's nothing's coming to my brain right now. <laughs> hashtag Kevin. <laughs> hashtag, Kevin. <laughs> hashtag Kevin. I. I th- it's simple. It's to the point. And it really gets to what we like about him, which is just him. We just, <laughs> just love Kevin. Kevin. Hashtag Kevin Garnett. Kevin. He's our guy. All right. It has so been spoken. Hashtag Romo so. 2020. Hashtag Go Browns. Hashtag Teddy Got Signed. Hashtag Spoofer Boof. And hashtag Kevin. <laughs> hashtag Kevin. <laughs> and with that, from all of us here at the Q4 Podcast, thanks. Thanks.
Thank you.